Here we begin on Samaches Samad Beis, one line from the bottom. We're discussing whether you're allowed to do non avoda in the big day kahuna. In other words, you can only we wear the big day kahuna for the avoda, but what can a kohen wear them for things that are not avoda? So shinihu delo. It says you, a kohen can't sleep in them, but that implies haluche mahalchin that he is allowed to do other things, to, to go for a walk. So Gemara says, no, it's no proof. It could be he's only allowed to do a vote. It's no proof. Why does it mention sleep? To tell you another halacha, as we turn to the top of today's daf, Samach Dalad Ahmed Aleph, 69a. Seifa Itzriklai, Poshtun Mekafen, Umenichen Tachas Rishayim. It's coming to tell you that uh, when they're sleeping, they're allowed to use them under their head as a pillow. So then we said, you could use it as a pillow. A pillow is a benefit. You're enjoying having something under your head, so then that's proof you're allowed to use it. He said, you misunderstood. Even though we translated it to mean under your head, the Hebrew word doesn't always mean under it could mean keneged roshem. It could mean next to your head. Omri shoshesh mamina. Actually, that teaches us something too, because there's a uh, you're not allowed to sleep when you wear tefillin. Uh, the reason why is that a uh, person uh, when they sleep, they're not careful to keep their body clean. They could pass gas. So you might think that you can't have the tefillin next to you either, because you might pass gas next to the tefillin. So here we're saying you're allowed to have the holy big day kahuna next to you, even when you're sleeping. So that would tell you you're allowed to have tefillin next to you as well. And this is also logical. This, the question is, does this word tachas uh, mean under or next to? So uh, we're saying that it's not forced to say it means next to. Why? It's logical. It's next to. Because if... The big day kahuna are actually under your head. So besides the issue of whether you're allowed to benefit from the big day kahuna, when you're not doing a voda and when you're lying down, you're not doing a voda, there's another problem. Uh, the big day kahuna, uh, the belt has wool and linen in it, and you're not allowed to benefit from wool and linen. Even if you're allowed to use Big day kahuna for your own benefit. That's only the big day kahuna that doesn't have climb. Over here, hamisani climb. You're benefiting from wool and linen. So actually, that really depends. Does the big day kahuna have wool and linen in the belt or not? That depends. There was a debate about whether this was the regular belt or not, has the wool and linen. But if you say that it doesn't have the climb, um, so then how would you be allowed to have it under your head? Uh, so clearly, if, it, if it's the belt that has the climb, if the regular belt that Kohanim wear has climb in it, has wool and linen, so how could they put it under their head? Maybe, let's try a different answer. So you can't wear climb or put it on you, but under you is permitted. Tanya, we learned that's not so. Not only can you not wear climb, not only can you not have climb on top of you, you can't even have it under you. 
we learned lo yala alecha you can't put it on you. Torah you could put it under you. The rabbis forbid it. When you put it under you, maybe one thread will be on top of you, and we don't want to take a chance. And the rabbis forbid it. Maybe you put a sheet on top or something that prevents that thread from getting on top of you. He said in the name of the Holy Congregation of Yishalayim, even if you have the, the uh, woolen linen all the way at the bottom and you have 10 layers of sheets and, and blankets on top, you're still not allowed. So clearly you see from here that the pillow can't be the big day kahuna can't be under your head, according to that view that there's one linen in it. So, shmamina shehem, shmamina. So, it must mean next to your head. Okay. Ravashi, he says, really, tachos roshehem. Really, it could be under your head. I, our question was, you're benefiting from climb. So, when is it forbidden to have something under you when it's in a, in a uh, soft form? Big day kahuna kashenheim. The big day kahuna are stiff. The fabric, Rashi says felt or below, it's like it's a felt, but it's a stiff felt. Uh, so having a stiff felt under you, even if it's shotness, is okay. So uh, let's see who's correct here, though. Our original question, which is, can you benefit from Big Dekahuna? Tashma, Big Dekahuna Yotzem Ladina. To wear it outside the Temple Mount, Outside the saint, outside the courtyard, usher. Ubemigdash in the base of Migdash, Bain Bishasavoda, whether you're wearing them during the service, Bain Shalobishasavoda Mutter. So really what comes out a new thing. Really you're allowed to benefit from Big Dekuna as long as you're in the right place. If Nesha Big Dekuna didn't lahenis ben, so you see you're allowed to benefit uh, in, in them. Okay, fine. So this resolved the original question that we had. Is it uh, our big dekun only allowed when used in service? So we, we came out, no, they actually are, are allowed even not during the service. We did mention, though, that it's only if they're in the right place. You're not allowed to wear them outside uh, the base of So the Mora said, Bedina Lo, you can't wear them in the countryside? Vahatanya, what about the famous story that we're going to quote now? On the 25th of Tamis, that's a famous Jewish holiday called the Day of Mount Grizim. The low misbah the home, we don't have funeral speeches and we celebrate. Shabikshu Kusim as Bezelokenu. The Kusim, the Samaritans tried to destroy our Bez Hamigdosh Malaxandrum from the Greeks, from Alexander Muktam Alexander the Great. Lakriva, they had a plan to get him to destroy it. Venus uh, uh, they, uh, they, they, uh, they, uh, they bright, he gave, the Alexander the Great gave them permission to destroy the Bez Hamigdosh. They went and they told the leader of the Jewish people, the Kain Gadol Shimon Atzadik. Ma'asu, what did he do? Lavish big dekuhuna. He put on his Kohen clothes. Then his ate big dekuhuna, and he wrapped himself in him. There could be the turbans and the other things that are wrapped. Umakiru shalaimimo, and he went together with the leading citizens. Vavuka shel or v'yadehem, and they had torches. And it was an all-night march to get to the camp of the Greeks to prevent them from coming to destroy the base of Migdash. They were coming to the Greeks, and the Greeks were coming to destroy the big base of Migdash with their troops. Until they hit daybreak. Now, with daybreak, there was a little bit of light. The Greek scouts saw the people coming in the distance. 
So they asked the Samaritans that were with them, Who are those? Armelo Yehudim, Shemordaba, those are the rebellious Jews. Kivin Jagila Tipris, and they met together in a place called Antipris, Zorchakama, and then the sun came up and the two groups ran into each other. Kivin Tirot, Simnatzadik, and when Alexander the Great saw Shimonatzadik, Yorid Mimirchafto, he got off his chariot. And he bowed in front of the kind Gadol. So the Samaritans couldn't believe it. Omer Melek Gadol, such a great king like you, should bow Yehudi Zed to this Jew. Omer Hami says, you don't understand. The image of this Jew, every time I went to war, I had a dream or a vision of this um, uh this Kohen Gadol, this Shimon Atzadik, came to me in the dream, and so I know that I was successful in battle because of his prayers. So, so Alexander asked Shimon uh, Atzadik, why did you come? How could it be that the base Amigdush, the house where we daven for success of you and your country, that it shouldn't be destroyed, um, that, should, that there's a danger to this place that that p- people pray for your benefit, that that place will be destroyed. These idol worshippers, the Samaritans, are trying to destroy it. Who are they? Those are the Samaritans that are with you. So Alexander then said, You can have them. Right away, uh, the Jews put holes in their shoes, in their ankles, and they dragged them behind their horses. They got the treatment on thorns and thistles. Teach them a lesson to try to destroy the base of Migdash. And then they continued on, the Jews, now that Alexander said that you can punish these enemies. So they went to Mount Grizim, which was the uh, place of the temple of the Samaritans. They plowed it, uh, which was a sign that the, this was not a place where the Idols could exist, and they planted vetch there. The Derek Shabisha, that's what they had wanted to do to the place of the base of Migdush. I'm not sure if wild animals come when there's vetch, or uh, that's just a sign. And that day, that instead of being uh, a danger to the Jews, became uh, a, a defeat to the Samaritans, was a holiday of the Jewish people. He, so what do you see? He wore Big Day Kahuna in that story. How could he wear the Big Day Kahuna outside the base of Migdash? One answer is, maybe it wasn't yet consecrated. In other words, there were Big Day Kahuna that weren't yet put in use. Maybe that's what it was. Or they weren't used in the base of Migdash. Or this was life and death. When it's life and death and you have to save the Torah, then he, he felt he had to put on his clothing to make an impression. So then we said that the Kohen Gadol got ready to read from the Torah, and they t- had a procession where the head of the shul took the Torah and handed it off. So over here, there were a few people in between. You had the head of the shul, gave it to the skan and the skan. So they were showing respect to each other. So there's a debate. If, is that the way you, sh- you show honor to the Kohen Gadol? Shmamina chokin kavu arab. You're honoring the people that are under the Kohen Gadol first. Omar Abai, that's not a disrespect. That's all honored to the Kohen Gadol. And as Rashi says, You're showing that the Kohen Gadol is the top station. That there are many, he's not the only honored person. There are many honored people, but he's above them all. So actually, it does show respect for him. 
We said the Kain Gadol has to stand up when he reads from the Torah. The Kain Gadol Amad That implies that he, until then he was sitting. Ah, uh, you're not allowed to sit in the base of Migdosh. Manan Tanan, as we turn the page, we have learned. No one is allowed to sit in the sanctuary. Only kings from the house of David, not even the Kohen Gadol. Only David and Melo could sit there. So how could the Kohen Gadol be sitting? The answer is, it was not in the courtyard. It was in the area known as Ezra's Nashim. And Ezra's Nashim, you were allowed to sit. Now, where did Rechista say his halacha on the following thing? We learned, where did they read the Torah from in the Zorah? Where was the Torah reading? What part of the base of did that take place? Lars ben said on the Temple Mount. It was in the street in front of the water gate. That was in the Temple Mount. He said it took place in the Ezra's Nashim, but you see that the Ezra's Nashim, you were allowed to sit there. And that was the place where they had the Torah reading. And he brings a proof from a Pasuk in Ezra. It says that he blessed Hashem's name over there in a great way. What does that term mean, forish. He praised Hashem with this uh, special name that's not usually pronounced. He said it in that place. That's one answer. Uh, that's what Rav said. Rav Gido, he said, he said, he used a special formula for a bracha in the base. Blessed Hashem, the God of Israel, from one world, the temple is an otherworldly experience. Why didn't you like the explanation that he used Hashem's special name, the Shem Mephorish? He said, We don't say the name in the non-sacred part of the base of Migdush, we don't say it in the Ezra's Nashim. I, Vaksi, V'yamed Ezra Sofra, Al-Migdol Eitz, Asher L'Daber, and he used the name of Hashem, V'yom Rev Giddush, Agadu B'Shem Mephorosh. So Morris said that was a one-time thing, Horesh HaSaisa. Now, uh, we're quoting the Pesukim in Ezra about a very special event that Ezra got together with the men of the Great Assembly after the destruction, after the rebuilding of the second base of Migdush. And now we're going to quote that event. It says, the They prayed to Hashem in a loud voice. What was going? What did they say? They said, please, please, Hashem. Look at what happened. The first base of Migdash was destroyed. The Kilahekal, our sanctuary, was burnt. All the righteous were killed. And the Jewish people went into Golis. And the Yetzahara that caused the destruction is still here. The only reason that Hashem created the Yetzahara was the Kabul Bay Igra. We should get a reward for conquering it. Lo ihu bin inin. We don't need the re- uh, we don't need that yetzahara v'lo beigra beinin. We don't want the the um, the yetzahara. We don't need the reward. We'd rather not be tested in that way. Too many Jews were uh, following this passion, this desire that existed called the yetzahara for idol worship. So this was their prayer. Nafukle piska mirakia dahavikosu beemes. They got a sign from Hashem, a sign that came down from heaven that said truth which means that Hashem was agreeing to this basic argument. So they saw that they should continue and um, ask Hashem to remove 
the desire for idol worship, which was strong in those days. So Omra Khanina Shmaminach, they uh, from this story you see that the Hashem's signature because that's what it said was truth. They fasted three days and three nights and they prayed, and it was given to them, the Yetzahar, to do what they felt was correct. Now, how did they see the Yetzahar? It came out out of the Holy of Holies, a lion cub of fire came out. And they had a prophet there and they didn't know what that was. Navi Yisrael. That's the Yetzer Davodus Kachavim. That's the Yetzahara of idol worship. Shinamar of Yomazosarisha. And the, the Psukim uh, teaches that. It says this is the wicked. And they grabbed it. As they grabbed it, Ishtama binasim Mazia, the hair came out of its mane. Verami Kola, and the lion screamed, Vazakola Arbus Mea Parsi. And it could be heard for miles away. Omar, Hechinavid, what should we do? Dilma Chasvashoma Rachmelem in Maybe Hashem will. Uh, have pity on this Yetzahara, and we won't be able to get rid of it. So what should we do to quickly uh, uh, take uh, the Hashem accepted our prayer to destroy this Yetzahara? What should we do to make it happen? So Amrulanavi, put this uh, fiery lion in a leather um, in a lead-coated pipe and seal it with a lead-coated pipe and the the Mishiv Shoyev that'll keep the lion sound away. And seal it with lead. And the Yetzahara was mostly destroyed. The idea that a hair from the mane fell out is there are still people that worship idols, but it's really just not a strong Yetzahara. It's just a little thread. So now the people, the, the great people who were there said, Oh, Hoyl the Esrotson, this is a time of divine favor. Let's ask Hashem to get rid of the other great Yetzahara. Niboy Rachme a Yetzahara Davera of the sins of immoral flesh. That's the other big sin. We know the base Megdish was destroyed because of Gilearias and of Odazora. So Hashem should help us get rid of it. But they daven and they were given the Yetzahara that uh, convinced people to um, run after their passions. Amalahu, the Yetzahara told them, Chazi, you better not kill me. Dikatlahu. Kali Alma, the world would be destroyed. In other words, the Yetzahara of Avodah we could do without. But that men should desire women, that has a positive thing because that keeps people procreating and having children and families. So Chavshit Tlasis Yamim, they locked up the Yetzahara for passion. Boy, Beitzasa, people wanted eggs for breakfast, but Kol Eretz Yisrael Velo Ashkub. And they couldn't find it because the roosters wouldn't mate with the chickens. And they understood that there was a need in the world for passion. So So they said, you know what? Why don't we ask Hashem to give us half? That people should only have the desire for passion in a kosher way with their wife, as Rashi says. So they don't do halves in Shemaim. So they were able to paint its eyes or color its eyes to at least diminish the Yetzahara, the low migrebe inchebekervasa, that most people don't have a desire for their family members. In other words, uh, there's a Yetzahara not to go for strange women, for married women. Uh, those are strong Yetzaharas, but the Yetzahara for a person's sister or their mother at one time was strong, that was blinded. He, he, he just explained that um, when they gave thanks to Hashem, he says, they use the shame of Forish. Rav Master said, 
a different thing was happening there with Ezra. He says, Hakel He says, Ezra, the Ezra and the men of the great assembly praised Hashem with these great titles. And that goes together with Rishua ben Levi. Why were those people given a title? The men of the great assembly. They returned the crown. Because us, Moshe, when Moshe Rabbeinu came, he taught us to daven to Hashem. I know Hashem is almighty and great. And he said, He said, the Gentiles are dancing in the sanctuary. Where's Hashem's fear? They don't fear him. So they stopped saying no in their prayers. He says, The the Gentiles are enslaving us. Where's Hashem's power? Where are Hashem's people? So they stopped saying Gibor. The men of the great assembly said, Adarabah. They said, this shows Hashem's greatness. Shekoah says Yitzro, that he holds himself back and allows the uh, Gentiles, um, he's patient with them to return to him. Erech Hashem has patience with the wicked. And that's his wonders. Shemol the wonder of Hashem is that we're able to survive amongst the Gentiles. Heich uma achas yochalus umas. How could one nation survive amongst them? Um, so that's a good point. And so therefore they started saying, Akel agadol v'agibor. Ay, why did the Rabbanans say to stop saying it originally? Haki, uh, the answer is, how could they go against what Moshe said? They knew that Hashem wanted truth. Hashem stands for truth. So that if we don't really feel that Hashem is almighty and powerful right now, how could we say it? So therefore they thought not to say it. But the men of the great assembly convinced everybody that it is true. And we do see it even in these times. Then now we get back to the Torah reading, and the Kohen Gadol reads from two different places. Uh, now, how could he read from two places? Normally, when you read Torah, you only read from one place. You can have Torah, you can read from two places. You can't read from one place and skip to the next place. So, You can skip in Torah if you can get to the next place before they translate the next line. So the Morris said, uh, and and both uh, Torah and half Torah, you can read as long as you can, uh, when you go to skip from one part to the other, you don't cause the delay because you get there before the translator finishes. Aye, but that can't be. That's exactly where we said you could do it in the prophets, but you can't do it in the Torah. Uh, and and how long it says how much can you skip during that time? But that implied only by the half Torah, by the Navi, but the Torah cloud cloud low, you can never skip. So how could the kind Gadol skip? You're allowed to skip as long as it's the same theme. If it's a different theme, you're not allowed to skip at Torah at all, but in Navi you could skip. Um, and this Vatanya is exactly, sometimes Tanya is a question, but as Rashi says here, Vatanya benichusa, this is a proof. It says over here, Bishnei yinyanim kan v'kan, I'm sorry, b'inyinechad, v'torah b'inyinechad, in Torah you could skip as long as it's the same theme, both the theme of Yom Kippur. Ubenavi, and I have Torah, you can even switch themes to Shnei Nanim, but in both cases, you can only do it as long as they get there without causing the community to wait while you're turning the page, while you're rolling the scroll. Um, normally, in Navi, uh, you can't go from one book of a Navi to another, 
But in the Navi of Shnai Maser, which is all really one book, even though they're different prophets, they're all short, there you could be Medalgan. Okay, we will stop here as we get ready for page 78. Be well.